Welcome back to Telegnosis and Tea with your host, Tess. I'm here and I am drinking an ice wine tea. Very Canadian, of course. It's reminiscent of how I would normally be doing an ice wine tour this time of year in Niagara-on-the-Lake. But that's okay, it'll happen another year, I'm sure. Welcome everyone, and I'm sorry this podcast episode is late. As I mentioned in my last episode, I've been working away on figuring out my medications for depression and for anxiety, and they have kicked my butt in terms of how tired I am all the time. I'm hoping that starts to ease up soon, but like, oh my gosh, I just get home from work and I'm like ready to go to sleep for 14 hours. (laughs) It's crazy, but oh well, if it works... That would be awesome and worth it, but it does mean that the podcast is a little late this week, and I'm sorry, but I promise it's a good one. Also, last podcast, we ended tipsy and going to pay, going to play with a homemade Ouija board. So, we made the jankiest board ever, like I just taped four pieces of paper together and wrote the board on it, and then we couldn't figure out what to use as a planchette. I think we used, we tried using a shot glass, but that didn't work, and we tried using a roll of tape, but that didn't work. Uh, so overall, the Ouija board test was a failure. Um, if someone would like to donate so we can get an actual Ouija board and, I don't know, record it maybe if the ghosts are chill with that, you can donate to the podcast on coffee, ko-fi dot com slash telegnosis and tea, or you can send money over PayPal, telegnosis and tea at gmail.com, and you'll get a shout out along with other fun stuff. I'm also setting up a Patreon, so that'll be great. There'll be lots of fun stuff on there, I promise, because... You have no idea how much your support means to me and means to the podcast. All right, so yeah, um, my theory for why the Ouija board just didn't work whatsoever at all is, one, we are like so loud and obnoxious when we're tipsy that I think ghosts would just be like, nah, I don't want to interact with these folks. But also, I think the board was just so ratchet that any ghost would be like, you need like at least a step up from this board if you want to contact us. There is no way. Other life updates. Our upstairs neighbor is having a poker party, I think, and it's COVID and numbers are on the rise, but literally I heard like 10 people just bounding up the hallway to go upstairs. Thankfully, it's like apartments, so I have nothing to do with like besides sharing the stairwell I have nothing to do with those people upstairs so that's good but yeah uh pretty sure they're having a poker party in the middle of a pandemic so I'm definitely going to wear a mask and lice all the doors when I leave here (laughs) life updates numbers are back on the rise in Ontario and that's scary so I want to distract people with something that literally made me terrified because okay so today as you saw in the title we're Uh, talking about men in black and this led me down such a rabbit hole because like every article I went to would just kind of quickly mention something else that's happened and then I go and look at that and it's like it's full on like it's a full other story and then I would read the story and it would mention something else and it would talk about some other sort of case or research and then I would fall down that rabbit hole and yeah I could literally just keep researching this for so long 
But the reason why I decided to stop is I think I like have enough information to definitely talk to you guys for a while about it. But also, uh, okay, first of all, I was talking to my mom about it and she was like worried that the men in black were gonna come to our house now because I've been researching it. And then I was like, oh, that's silly. That would never happen. And then the more I researched it, the more I was like, oh my god, what if they actually do? And like, my tired mind is also kind of like paranoid right now. So every time I heard super heavy footsteps in the hallway, I was like, oh shit, they're coming to get me. But I had this full plan in case they did actually come and, uh, I don't know, try and scare me or something. I was gonna either try and get them to be on the podcast, which I don't know how that would work, or I would like bombard them with questions because I have so many questions. Or I would be like, yo, let me help you guys cover up because like you guys stand out like sore thumbs. And if you want to blend in, you are not doing a good job. Let me be your fashion guru. (laughs) I will do it. I want to be fashion guru to the men in black. Let's get some like new age black suits. It'd be great. Anyway, okay, I'm still tired, obviously, as you can tell, because I just rambled on about, like, wanting to pick outfits for the Men in Black. So, I think maybe it would be better if we just jumped into talking about the Men in Black. So, I'm gonna start off by saying when it comes to the Men in Black, my personal theory is that uh, when when the Men in Black theory became really widespread and really media known, that the men in black group whoever they are decided to make the men in black 1997 movie so then that's what you'd find like quickly on the internet and stuff which was becoming a thing instead of finding like the men in black theories it'd just be like this cute goofy movie which is similarly to that theory about disney that uh they made the movie frozen have the title frozen because they wanted less publicity to show up about walt disney being frozen in the parks or something so instead when you search Disney Frozen, you get a ton of pages about princesses, and you get less about Walt Disney's head being frozen in a statue or something. I don't know, I haven't really looked into that conspiracy theory too much, but I could totally see the Men in Black movie being the, like, cover-up so people aren't seeing the Men in Black theory as much. Yeah, makes sense to me. But before I talk too much about it, we gotta know, who are the Men in Black? The MIB. Men in black are dressed in black suits that are alleged to contact those that have seen UFOs or other strange sightings and will harass, threaten, or even assassinate witnesses to UFO and other phenomenon just to keep them quiet about what they had seen. They also contact those who are investigating into UFOs in the same aggressive manner. They're aggressive, not the UFO investigators. Anyway, many people believe MIB is a part of a secret government organization or quasi-government organization and could possibly be aliens themselves. Pretty much all cases about Men in Black I could find happened in the USA, except for this one in Canada, but it was right on the border to the USA. Some sources do say they've been seen all around the world, but it's definitely not as prevalent as it is in the United States because Men in Black cases, the most famous ones, definitely the United States. And I'm not sure if maybe it's just we have, like, the reporting and we have, like, the Air Force and stuff in the United States. Well, I say we. I'm actually in Canada, but, you know, North America has more of the Air Force and kind of people who do deal with UFOs in the government, so I don't know if maybe that's why, because it seems to be more UFO activity in North America than elsewhere. 
I don't know. Drop me a line and tell me what you think. I'm getting off topic because I'm tired. Physically, men in black are described as large men, tall and built, wearing old-style black suits or black trench coats, sunglasses even at night, often having a pale skin tone, sometimes a dark skin tone, but they always have a complexion that looks quote-unquote off. They have exotic features or features that aren't quite normal, an unusual, unplaceable accent, and they are usually completely hairless, eyebrows and all, and have extremely bizarre mannerisms and behavior. A few times, the men in black have also been reported as wearing red lipstick. And when I was reading that, I was thinking, like, maybe they're aliens. And, I mean, I'll talk more about the theories later, of course. But, you know, they were, like, shown this video from the 1940s or 50s. And they're like, this is what humans are. And it's, I don't know, like, some famous actresses putting on lipstick and a bunch of people wearing black suits. And so the aliens are just like, oh, yeah, no, we can do this. And the one that's like, yeah, I like red lipstick. That's cool. I'm going to wear it. That's why I just picture them being like, yeah, this is this is human. This is we can be humans. It's easy. So what is the history of the men in black? Where did they come from? Where did they start? On June 27th, 1947, two men named Harold Dahl and Fred Christman were on Maury Island in Puget Sound, Washington. Dahl was on a conservation mission with his son and dog just off the shore collecting logs off the water. They were frightened to see six donut-shaped objects in the sky, especially when one of the objects dropped out of the sky around 1,500 feet and dropped a metal substance that, quote, resembled lava or white metal onto their boat. The official report from the FBI, however, says that the object, quote, fluttered to the earth and disintegrated, showering his boat with fragments, unquote. The metal not only severely broke his son's arm, but it killed their dog. Dahl rushed to take photos of the UFOs, knowing that no one would believe him otherwise. He hurried back to shore and showed the pictures to his supervisor, Chrisman, who was also a witness to the strange crafts in the sky. Dahl alleged that the morning after a man dressed in a black suit threatened him not to talk about the UFO sighting. After this encounter, he's recorded as saying, quote, If questioned by the authorities, he was going to say it was a hoax because he did not want any further trouble over the matter, unquote. Two Air Force intelligence officers from California came to investigate. The only conclusion we know of is the metal found in the men's boat was determined to be aluminum. This is all we know because the men died in a car crash on their way back to California. And of course, the metal and the pictures disappeared. The FBI then investigated and said the whole case was a hoax. Because when has the FBI ever said, oh yeah, this was definitely aliens. That's totally what happened. Nobody panic. So, it's not only the first incident of Men in Black being recorded, but it's one of the first modern UFO sightings to be recorded. Moving on to 1952, UFOlogist Albert K. Bender founded the first major civilian UFO club in the world called the IFSB, International Flying Saucer Bureau. But then, in March 1953, Bender was visited by three men in black suits. Bender had been working on a report since he had made a series of discoveries about UFOs, and this was about to be published in the October issue of Space Review, the official magazine about UFOlogy. The men spoke with him telepathically and gave him a metal disc, which he said made him feel like being transported. 
The three men shared the origin of UFOs with Bender, confirmed his research, and seemed to have read his paper before it was even published, but told him that he had to discontinue all research on UFOs, and he could not publish the article, warning about the dangers of being engaged in quote-unquote saucer work. After the encounter, Bender's co-workers noticed that he seemed scared. He had frequent headaches and did not eat for three days after this encounter as he felt very ill. It was not until nine years later, in 1962, that Bender spoke about the encounter with the three men, and when he did, he insisted the men were not of this world and were a secret government agency. Many people have speculated that this was only a dream, but Bender firmly believes this was real. He dissolved the IFSB immediately after the encounter. As well, he suspended publishing of his report indefinitely. Those that knew Bender confirmed he was never the same after the encounter and seemed to live his life in, constant, in a constant state of fear and anxiety until he died in 2002. He did try and write a book about his encounter, but when it was first received, people said the same thing, that it was a dream. So Bender essentially bought a motel and returned to a quiet life living in his motel until he passed away. In 1956, a man named Gray Barker released a book called They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers, which details the myth of Men in Black. Writer John Sherwood insists that Gray Barker started the theory of Men in Black as a joke, but it just doesn't add up as the book came out almost a decade after the first Men in Black sighting was reported. In 1967, the term Men in Black became popularized by ufologist John Keel in an article called UFO Agents of Terror. It was written for Saga, a men's adventure magazine, which apparently is a genre. Um, I tried to find the article, but I couldn't. But basically from the summaries I read, it laid out that Keel had had encounters with the Men in Black because of his research into the supernatural and UFOs. He described the Men in Black as being, quote, demonic supernaturals, and said that they had, quote, dark skin and or exotic facial features, unquote. He had further encounters with the Men in Black when he was investigating reports of sightings of the Mothman for his book The Mothman Prophecies. These he didn't speak about as much, but... He says that when he was investigating the Mothman, he also did encounter the Men in Black. The following year, in 1968, Jack and Mary Robinson were researching into UFO cases. Jack was also the secretary of the National UFO Conference at the time. Jack and Mary lived in an apartment in Jersey City, New Jersey, and began to notice strange things happening. They came home one day to find their apartment appeared to be rummaged through, specifically their files on UFOs, though nothing appeared to be missing. They also noticed a man dressed in black watching their apartment from across the street, which he did for three days in a row, lurking up and down the block and staring up periodically at their apartment. Mary described the man as being an, quote, ominous-looking character. He was dressed all in black and had a pair of black sunglasses. He had pale skin and wore a black fedora-style hat. One of their friends, Timothy Green Beckley, managed to get a photograph of the man in black that watched their apartment. And that photo will, of course, be posted to our Instagram. After that, the man watching the apartment disappeared. What he was doing, where he came from, who he was, and why he was watching, we'll never know. In September 1976, one of the most well-documented cases and uh, detailed cases of a Men in Black encounter happened. Hypnotist and Dr. Herbert Hopkins was working as a consultant for a UFO teleportation case in Maine, USA. 
He was on his own one night, as his wife and kids were gone out for the evening, when he received a phone call from someone that claimed to be a UFO activist in the community, who asked if he could come over and discuss the UFO case. Dr. Hopkins agreed, and went to switch on the porch light so the visitor could find his way from the parking lot. Only, he found the visitor was already walking up his porch steps. Hopkins later said in an interview, quote, I saw no car. And even if he did have a car, he could not have possibly gotten to my house quickly from any phone. When the man entered the house, Dr. Hopkins' dog became, began barking erratically. The man was described as being a large man, wearing an all-black business suit, black shoes, he had sunglasses, even though it was nighttime, and a black tie over a white shirt. He had sickly pale skin, quote, unusual facial appearances, and when he took off his black hat, he had no hair whatsoever, not even eyebrows. His lips, though, were bright red. And when, during conversation, he happened to brush his lip with his gloves, smearing the red and making the doctor realize that he was wearing red lipstick. The man asked all about the UFO case Dr. Hopkins was working on, and afterwards told Dr. Hopkins that he had two coins in his pocket. This threw off Dr. Hopkins, but it was true. He did have two coins in his pocket. The man asked Dr. Hopkins to remove one, which he did. It was a shiny new penny. The mysterious visitor then asked the doctor to hold the coin in his hand and watch the coin, not him. The coin began to turn silver, then seemed to be going out of focus before disappearing entirely. The man in black told the doctor that the coin would never be seen on this plane again. Dr. Hopkins was stunned, but the man in black then asked if the doc had ever heard about an alleged UFO abductee, Barney Hill. Dr. Hopkins replied that he had, but he believed Mr. Hill had passed away not too long ago. The strange man said that this was true and stated, quote, Barney didn't have a heart, just like you no longer have a coin. After a while, the doctor noticed that the man's speech was slowing down, until the man said, quote, My energy is running low, must go now, goodbye, unquote. Then shakily, he stood up from the table, stumbled out the door, and left. But as he was leaving, the man in black suggested Dr. Hopkins destroy all his information related to the UFO case which Dr. Hopkins did without question immediately following the encounter by burning all of the files on the research he had. The doc never had an encounter like that again, but he, for the rest of his life, he had repeated phone troubles, and his phone company confirmed someone had tampered with his phone lines and continued to do so. Fast-forwarding a bit, and I did reduce the number of because there's so many men in black cases like there is a lot of people who have said they've had encounters with men in black i decided to kind of go with the main really like prominent ones that feature men in black and seem to be used a lot as a reference for the men in black being real but uh there's so many cases of men in black it's very odd <laughs> anyway in 1997 the movie men in black that I'm positive almost everyone listening has seen, was released. This caused an influx in the number of Men in Black reports. Also, like if you watch the movie now, it's interesting to see how many stories about Men in Black and details were added into the film. I think there's probably a conspiracy about Men in Black and why they keep releasing so many, but I don't I don't know about that one. I didn't look too much into the movie theaters. <laughs> movie, movie theaters. <laughs> movie theories involving the men in black. So the next story is that sometime around 2002, 
Dan Aykroyd, who you'll know from Ghostbusters, Saturday Night Live, among many, many other things, very famous comedian from Canada, and someone I will absolutely do a full podcast on in the future because he and his family are so involved with the paranormal. It's awesome. But anyway, he had a contract to film a paranormal series called Out There, where Dan interviews different supernatural specialists and investigators, people like that. Eight episodes were filmed, but they were never aired. While filming the final episode of the first season, Dan stepped outside to have a smoke break and answer a call from Britney Spears, who was asking about doing a Saturday Night Live sketch with her. He stood on 42nd Street and 8th Avenue in New York, of course a super busy street, where he says he turned away and looked back and saw a black Ford sedan parked just across the road. Dan tried to make out the license plate, but it seemed to be fuzzy. He thought it was definitely a police car. A big tall guy was outside of the car and looking directly at Dan, which he took as possibly a warning since it was a quote, real dirty look. Dan then turned away momentarily and looked back and the car and the man were gone. They never drove past him. They didn't drive up the street. They never made a U-turn. They were just gone. When he returned back inside, Dan was informed that taping of the series would stop immediately and that the show was cancelled. It has since never been released, even though eight episodes have been recorded, like I mentioned, and the cancellation of the show so suddenly has never been explained. This next story takes place in Canada. This is one of the only stories I have found from Canada. On October 14th, 2008, near Niagara Falls, a hotel manager named Shane Savar and a hotel security guard witnessed a large triangular UFO just outside the hotel. The next day, two men in black showed up at the hotel looking for Shane. They terrorized three guests in the lobby of the hotel that witnessed them and were angry when they were told Shane was not into work that day. These two men were caught on security footage, though, and can be seen walking into the hotel lobby dressed in black suits, wearing sunglasses, and just from watching the footage, they're big dudes that would definitely stand out in a crowd. I'm going to post the screenshots to the Instagram and to our uh, Twitter, but damn, they were big boys. They're also both the exact same height. The footage was released um, in April 2012 by the Aerial Phenomenon Investigations team. But going back, when Shane returned to the hotel the next day, a bellman approached him and said, quote, Something really weird happened here yesterday, and you weren't here. There are a couple of guys looking for you. Well, this is really hard for me to say, but there were a couple of really strange-looking men that were he- here, and they kind of freaked everybody out, and they were asking questions about you. And I said, I'm sorry, he's actually not working today, end quote. The bellman then went on to say, even though he had told the men that Shane was not into work that day, they didn't appear to believe him. He described the strangers as being really tall, but the same height, and they seemed to have the same face as if they were twins. They approached another hotel staff member as well, who told Shane later, quote, They asked some questions about you, and they said strange things that I didn't understand. They were talking about governments and conspiracies, and none of it made sense to me, but they were very, very scary. They had no facial hair, none. They had no eyebrows, no eyelashes, nothing. Their hair looked like they had a wig on, like it was attached to their hat, like it wasn't even real. And the scariest thing? Their eyes were so big and so blue that they almost hypnotized me a little bit. These men, they didn't blink. Not once did I see them blink. End quote. 
So I'm going to post some screenshots from that video camera footage to our Instagram and Twitter, like I said, but it's hard from the footage that's kind of grainy since it was 2008 and just lobby footage. It's hard to tell exactly what the men look like. It is kind of weird, though, to be walking around in black trench coats and a black fedora and be matching in the middle of the day. And the most recent... Um, men in black sighting that somebody has managed to capture on video happened on April 13th, 2014. A man, using the alias Jack Smith, who was in his 50s at the time, claimed he and a friend were being stalked by two men in black in New Orleans, Louisiana. Jack said he had been followed his whole life by men in black suits due to an encounter with gray aliens he had had in his youth. He stated, quote, They let me know that I can be found wherever I was. What was said to me was threatening, and they have caused me to live in fear a lot of the time. I know the truth. My good close friends know the truth as well, end quote. On that day in 2014, he and his friend were going sightseeing and to grab some lunch. While waiting for a streetcar in the French Quarter's Bienville Street near Jackson Square, they noticed two men in heavy black suits, despite the hot weather. They appeared to be watching them. Jane said, quote, I knew something was wrong immediately. They looked like identical, t- identical twins. They were slim and much taller than the average person. They were dressed in identical black suits, white shirts, skinny black ties, fedoras, and black sunglasses. They just looked so odd. They were pale, they were stiff, and they moved eerily in unison. They had oblong faces with a thin line for a mouth. Their whole vibe was cold and creepy. They were calm, but like how a reptile can appear calm. Twin lizards in suits. They leaned in simultaneously to communicate with each other. Their mouths opened slightly, but they were not talking. They were communicating something to each other, but not talking, end quote. Which is such a terrifying, but like, great description, calling them reptiles. Very interesting. And while the video has never been released, which I'll talk about in a minute, the photos of them are pretty eerie, which I will, of course, also post on the Instagram. You gotta follow me there. The two men watched Jack and Jane the entire time that they waited for their streetcar. After 20 minutes, when one finally came, Jack and Jane got on and watched the two men turn away and get into a shiny black car with a foreign license plate. Jack caught the two on his cell phone, and when he told Jane that he believed these were men in black, Jane was taken aback, but she agreed that they were not ordinary people. Jack tried to send the video to Jane, but Jane's phone immediately deleted all information off her SD card when she received it. Her cell phone company was never able to explain why that happened. Jack tried to send the video to another friend where allegedly the same thing happened to their phone. So Jack has said, quote, The thought of giving the video to anybody scares the hell out of me because when I tried to share it before, bad things happened. The thought of what could possibly happen to me if I did release this? I honestly do fear for my life. This experience is awful. I can't even begin to explain to you how awful it is. The very thought of stirring things up scares the heck out of me. I hope I can help someone that is struggling in silence because of men in black harassment. Whatever or whoever these men in black are to keep us in fear of and to control us is despicable. The video was eventually given to UFO Grid. However, there's stills from the video that were released. The video itself has never been released. And I will post those as well. It shows two men dressed in black suits, looking young, maybe late 20s, just standing and looking, and they're looking right into the camera on a tar- like, on, um, a streetcar waiting tarmac. Very odd. Very creepy. 
So that's the end of the stories about Men in Black that I'm going to talk about because there's just so many. I decided to go with those ones. Also, I'm like slowly slipping down on the couch. Like I recorded this with the intent to release it tonight, but I think I might not release it till tomorrow because I'm getting hecking tired. Anyway, let's talk about some theories. Oh, it's so nice having a microphone because I just have it like next to my face as I'm like sliding down on the couch. And yeah, I'm fully recording like on a couch in my apartment, not at all at a desk or professionally like most people do. Okay, let's start off with GCHQ, the government community headquarters. In the piles of documents released by Edward Snowden, there are documents containing fake UFO pictures in a PowerPoint presentation called The Art of Deception, Training for a New Generation of Online Covert Operations. The article that I got this information from, uh, which was on The Guardian, pushes that the conspiracy, instead of the government trying to cover up UFOs and aliens, is actually trying to make us believe in them more by having the weird events like Roswell, Little Green Men, and having men in black turn up to places after weird events happen. In a documentary called Mirage Men, there's an interview with Richard Doty, who claims to be an MIB, even so far as having ufologists say he sold the role of being MIB really well, telling people not to speak about what they saw, telling stories about what's hidden underground, ultimately being accused of having, quote, fed credulous ufologists lies and half-truths, knowing their fertile imaginations would do the rest. One reason that it's pointed out the government could be doing this, creating more of uh, an interest in aliens as opposed to actually trying to cover it up, is that the USA and countries would like other countries to think that they actually are in communication with extraterrestrials because it almost seems to give other countries the impression that maybe they are advanced in space or that perhaps they're Who knows? But that is one of the uh, reasons that's pointed out the government could be doing it, is to try and get other countries to believe, too, that they are in communication with extraterrestrials. The writer of the book, Mirage Men, Mark Pilkington, is not actually sure what the government and Doty are saying is totally the truth either, though. And he's the man that wrote Mirage Men before it actually became a TV show. He acknowledges Doty comes across as a sketchy character and believes some of what he says is probably true, but he does not believe all of it. So whether the government is behind this, trying to make US citizens talk about aliens more, or is trying to cover it up, there's no definite conclusion presented. Even the writer of The Mirage Men and the creator of the show have no idea. There are a ton of theories, though, for Men in Black. From the government trying to make people in other countries believe that, like, Men in Black are real is just one of many theories. It has also been theorized that perhaps, like my last theory, it is government agencies, but they're doing it as a way to create a smokescreen to cover what the authorities really know about extraterrestrials, like in the Men in Black movie, but without the cool memory rays. Or so we think. There's another theory that states these beings are something else entirely, their own paranormal phenomenon like Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster. Basically, they're a very humanoid cryptid. Someone else says that the group is actually interdimensional travelers trying to cover up time or dimensional travel that people are doing, or not quite people, but other beings are doing. 
course, we always have to have the party poopers. One party pooper group believes MIB as a form of mass panic or mass hysteria, or what's known as psychological drama due to suggestibility and a willingness to believe. I could see that as a theory, but I have trouble understanding how it started out then. Because if it was mass hysteria, I would believe that at the time when people first started reporting men in black, there would have been a lot more people reporting it. Instead, after the Men in Black movie, that's when a surge of people started reporting about Men in Black sightings. Also, in the very early cases, in the 40s, early 50s, these people described their interactions with Men in Black and it wasn't widespread news. It wasn't like today with the internet where you could just find other people who have had these instances. These were very independent instances of Men in Black encounters and they parallel each other really well. So... I have trouble believing that it's a form of mass panic or mass hysteria when it really did start out from something. My theory, and what I fully choose to believe, is that men in black are a race of intelligent aliens that are just following around a bunch of dumb aliens that, I don't know, accidentally ended up here and are just messing around and trying to cover up for them. Like, okay, hear me out. We always see men in black after people see, like, Mothman or, like, other aliens. I think men in black are, like, aliens trying to cover up for their crazy brethren who are just out here messing around. But the men in black aliens were shown a video from, like, the 1950s, like I said earlier. Um, like, a 1950s detective show, and they were like, cool, this is what humans are? Like, humans are red lipstick and big black coats? We can do that. And that's why they look the way that they do and drive, like, the old black cars. And they're just following other aliens around and trying to cover up their shit because they're way too conspicuous. <laughs> most recently, I'm gonna close things up by saying most, most recently, in the beginning of September, apparently Donald Trump, president of the United States, spoke out about riding in a black helicopter with men in black and spoke a little bit about men in black as a secret organization. I really didn't look into this too much, honestly, because it was like a lot to sift through because there's been so much going on with the presidential debates and everything, but still, Men in Black were brought up by the president as recently as this month. So, very interesting. <laughs> um, I had a tiny freak out when I was writing this because I was doing so much research into the Men in Black that I was like, oh my god, the Men in Black are gonna come find me. And then I was like, no, they're not gonna come find me because... I don't know, I haven't really uncovered anything. This is just what's available to me as someone snooping around the internet and not looking super deep into things. Just the most notable cases. But then I, like, the more I deep dove and went down the rabbit hole of Men in Black, the more I was like, oh my god, every time the door opens to our apartment building, I'm like, it's them, they're coming for me. <laughs> but I think we're okay. We got through this whole podcast, and if you're listening then I guess uh, Men in Black didn't get to me in time and you got this video or you got this podcast. Hooray. And if I suddenly stop talking about aliens, you know what happened. Thanks so much for listening to me today, you guys. And apologies again that this video was late, but we're going to have some awesome Halloween specials coming up soon because we are coming right up on spooky season. So excited! I'm putting up the Halloween decorations soon. I have the rest of the week off because I had some vacation days, so the rest of the week is going to be spent getting spooky and also getting some Halloween surprises all set up for you guys. If you want to see pictures from today's 
episode, please check out our Instagram. It's at and T on Instagram and Twitter. We are telegnosispod. You can also email us and I fully encourage you to email us if you have spooky stories, if you have weird stories, if you have creepy stories, if you have true crime stories, if you have alien stories, if you have conspiracy stories, if you have any kind of creepy odd weird story please email me your story you could get featured in a listener's episode and i really want to know like what has happened to you guys who are listening so email me at telegnosisandtea at gmail.com that is telegnosisandtea at gmail.com i'll read your letter and you might get featured on a listener's episode until next time guys Stay spooky and stay safe because COVID cases are absolutely on the rise. So wear your mask. Also, mom brought up a, a side note before I say goodbye. Mom brought up um a point when I was telling her about this. And she was like wondering if the men in black now were wearing masks. So I'm really, really curious if anyone's seen a man in black. Okay, just in general, I'm curious if anyone's seen a man in black. But... I'm extra curious if anyone's seen one since COVID started. And are they just, like, wearing black masks? Okay, that's actually it. (laughs) Until next time, guys. Bye!